Wrapping up hour two of the Hoffman Show here on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Chris Russell with us for one more segment. Uh, we'll see if anybody else pops in. I probably could have guessed who, who would be here first, who are the responsible ones. I mean, the, the fan guys aren't going to be here until, you know, what do we start at, 8 o'clock? Well, especially the junkies. 7.45. I mean, yeah. Anyways. You know, so. like I'm only here – uh, because we had nowhere else to go. Matt and I were going to go uh, for a happy hour, but right. we couldn't. It was too cold outside. We couldn't figure out the parking lot. It was weird. Uh, we couldn't figure out how to get in the building. That was weird. It took us a while to get through the credentialing process. And when it, you know, very popular stuff, right? Very yeah. tight, secured uh, entry. And, and then we were like, or I was like, it's like five twenty-five. The bar's like four blocks away. Happy hour ends at six. What are we going to subject ourselves right. to the cold? And then we come back here, and, and it's, it's like Nanook in the north it, back here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's pretty chilly back here. Yeah. Uh, the jacket is definitely staying on. Yeah. I kind of wish I had another one, but it's fine. I'll probably take a take a lap out. Just start this. working out, warm, Hoffman. Warm That's my, what you're, you know. Warm my hands up. Yeah, and just start working out. I, I, I did enough working out today, and I got a beast of a one tomorrow. I, it's, it's, I didn't it's do ugly. enough working it's out a, today. My workout okay. was walking up and down a couple of flights of stairs and from the parking garage over to so, here. Some days that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Some days that's what it is. Okay, let's talk some football. Um, you look at what Dan Quinn has done in his career. He has been a guy who has been adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's adapted to kind of what offenses are doing. Obviously, his cover three system in Seattle was mm-hmm. one that was the dominant force in the league for a while. Teams figured out how to beat it or how to put it in conflict. He goes to Atlanta. Eventually, he's like, we got to tweak this thing. He makes the tweaks in Dallas. They're great on defense. You look at what he's done, some of the things that are through lines, the principles, and this roster, which is going to look very different, but there are some pieces that we imagine will be here. Mm-hmm. Early thoughts on the, on the fit. It really because like they can remake the team over time, right? But when we look at twenty twenty four, early thoughts. So what I'm what I'm fascinated by, right? I mean, we we all expected to be a four three, right? Yes. I mean, so yeah. so that let's start there. What I'm fascinated by is he played, you know, played a lot of man in Dallas, right? You mentioned the cover three with the Legion of Boom and sure, you know, but that was an aggressive cover three. That wasn't a, you know off man, you know, like like they were in people's face at the line of scrimmage, right? So I, I just assume we're going to see a blend of things, but I would think, I would think that you're going to probably see more of what he ran in Dallas, depending on the personnel. Like if Kendall Fuller is re-signed, you probably shouldn't run more man, right? If, yeah. you know, so it, I guess it, it, and Emmanuel Forbes was, was, you know, drafted to be a zone corner, right, with his eyes. And so so right now you would think, okay, wait a second, zone fits, but Kendall Fuller may not be back. So if Kendall Fuller's not be back, who I, I don't think you can play man with him consistently, can you convert, you know, a, again, Emmanuel Forbes into more of a man corner? Can you, uh, can you get something out of Christian Holmes, who was a man corner at Oklahoma State when he was drafted? Can you... Uh, who's the other guy that I'm thinking about? I mean, uh, Benjamin St. Juice, who who the, was the more wild card in all of right, this. but he was more of a man press guy at Minnesota, right? I remember talking to his uh, former defensive coordinator, uh, and and obviously in the tape. So I'm curious to find. I, I think what kind of primary, and maybe you di- have a different opinion, and obviously you watched way more tape than I do. I'm kind of curious to see what happens with Kendall Fuller, and that'll be maybe a, a an indicator if Dan doesn't come fair. out and say what kind of coverage we're going to see more of on the back end. Which, to be clear, he won't. Uh, yes. Why would you give that away before the season? Fair. Uh, you know, maybe you know, there's going to be. I think there's probably going to start with a mix, and then yeah. you know, over time they adapt and evolve. 
I But well, you I, would agree with that in general? Yeah, no, or? I think I think Fuller could be a bit of an indicator, yeah. but also like you know, Kendall might just want to go somewhere else. Right, right, I think right. Kendall's probably enjoyed both of his stints here. I think this is this does feel like home for him. But if he wants to win another ring yeah. with where he is age wise, getting in his, his uh late twenties, he's probably gonna wind up going somewhere else. Yeah. So I think that's a good that's a good point. Forbes is fascinating because he was so poorly coached last year. Mm-hmm. Like what can what can real NFL defensive mm-hmm. backs coaches do with him? And God forbid Benjamin St. Juice finally developed some ball skills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that, like he to me is the biggest wild card because two years ago and even early at times last year, he's in position all the time mm-hmm. to make plays. Mm-hmm. And he just is so incapable of finishing them. And it's really frustrating for everyone, including Benjamin. And it's always yeah. been who he's been. It's who he was at Michigan, Minnesota, and then, then every year in Washington. If they can work with him on that, and by the way, Dan Quinn's Dallas defense is the most ball-hawking defense that there was the last couple of years. You know, Diggs a couple of years ago, uh, Deron Bland this past year, he becomes a really fascinating piece. Really fascinating. And, and I think – I don't know how you feel about this. I can't remember what you guys said during the season, but maybe I'm missing something. I don't want him in the slot. I, want I him. don't mind him in the slot, okay. actually. Um, he's he's actually because of his size, all right. Well, he's got this combination of size and feet that is right. just rare. It's not that he's bad. I I, I think he, for me, his skill set translates more to outside. But, Traditionally, yeah. but the the I think the the um, how do I want to put this? The profile that's actually the right word. The profile of a slot receiver has changed. Like that's slot true. Receivers that's true. Used to you're always right. look like Santana you're right. Moss. You're right. You're and right. Now all of a sudden you got like you're, do you no, have, you're right. Do you you're have right. Jackson Smith and Jigba? Yeah. Sure, but you've yeah. also got CD Lamb who lines up in the slot all the time. Well, and 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 just to that point, right? Even when when you don't have a bigger natural slot receiver, teams say when they're game planning, and of course this makes sense, is they'll take a six three. 220-pound receiver or maybe even a bigger receiver than that and say, okay, because I know that team plays with a smaller, thinner nickel, I'm going to take advantage of that matchup as opposed to, you know, so you could do different things. The, the, the whole genesis of the point is, I think, you know, I don't want to speak for you, is Dan Quinn has shown an adaptability through the years, like you said, cover three, aggressive at the line of scrimmage, though, with it, not just playing off-man coverage or anything like that, uh, or off-coverage, I should say, then kind of a mix of everything in Atlanta and then kind of uh, uh, you know more man and more aggressive, if you will, uh, in Dallas. And we all know the ball hawk skills and all that stuff. I, I, I'm so intrigued to see how it's going to ultimately look, but I don't know if we know how it's going to look until we get the personnel to of see, course. okay, what they're planning. And look, let's be clear, that could be years away. Yeah. Like, you know, I say no, years, you're right. not, not seven, like one right. to two. Um, but I, I will say the thing that excites me about Quinn on a principal level is he marries rushing coverage as well as mm-hmm. any DC in the league. And part of the reason that those corners in Dallas get all those picks is because they know the rush is going to get home. Mm-hmm. He generates pressure. And, and don't forget, Dan Quinn was a D-line coach. That's yeah. his background. Yeah, you're right. And so he knows how to use you know the pieces, which is why, like, I mean, if you, there is – I want to say there's not an amount of money I wouldn't pay for Brian Burns to try to get him out of Carolina. But with all that – with the league-leading amount of cap space, mm-hmm. I'm not getting outbid for Brian Burns. Like well, if, well, here's here's I the thing the that I was thinking he's about. Probably going to get franchise tag. Yeah, I was going to say right. Which I would not trade a bunch right. of stuff for him. But right. like, there's a couple of guys where I'd be like, 
how do I get my hands on that mm-hmm. guy? And it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's frustrating that Sweat's, you know, Sweat could be a, a phenomenal player mm-hmm. for him, for them here, but, you know, and it's a thin edge class, but it is something that's going to, I think, be fascinating. I think the other really interesting football thing, and I've said this a couple times, so I can get a quick reaction from you so I don't bore my audience with the same point for the seventh time in two days, but that Dallas defense was super light through the mm-hmm. middle, and mm-hmm. that was kind of their, their Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. He's inheriting John, Duran, yep. and Jamin. Yeah. That's, that is a thick spine to your defense. Right. And we'll see, obviously, if Cam Crow sure. is re-signed as well. Sure. I think that's going to be the most fascinating thing. Like, the back end, interesting. The front seven, how he, how he chooses to build and attack that – I think is is the key to the whole. No, thing. it's a great point, absolutely. And I hadn't really talked about the point. the The one thing I would ask you then is, if you're looking at this defense right now, besides the obvious, again making decisions on Fuller and Cam Curl, and maybe your philosophy is Mike, a, like a true Mike linebacker, or is it a true edge rusher? Whatever we define that is, whether it's a four three end or you know a chameleon type guy like Micah Parsons turned out to be, or. Mm. I guess an outside linebacker in the fourth. Like, what is the most important one piece cornerstone element that this team has to add right now, this offseason? That's a great question. Because I'm thinking back, the best player on the Seattle defense was probably Earl Thomas. So they had this unbelievable mm-hmm. safety, which is the mm-hmm. whole key to their cover three, mm-hmm. right? Dallas, the best player, and the kind of the key to everything they do is is Parsons. Mm-hmm. So I think I think what's very clear is you need like an A level stud and then you build it around that because mm-hmm. Earl Thomas made cover three work because the middle third of the field wasn't actually a third. It was right. like, you know, five He was a eights. pencil eraser. Yeah, yeah, he was just like, okay, you guys get the boundaries, right. and I've got everything between right. the, the, the numbers. Um, I would say a, a stud edge would be the number one thing. But, like, that's Seattle defense, also at Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner. Mm-hmm. So that seems pretty Well, that's where well. I'm leaning. You know, like yeah. a true – I mean – when was the last time this team had a true dynamic Mike, London, London Fletcher, in yeah. his prime? Yeah. Right? It's, it's been a long time. time. Been, it, it certainly has. I mean, you don't see them working with Jamin Davis to try and do what they this staff did in his rookie year, right? To try and convert him to a true I Mike, doubt right? It, but maybe. I mean, maybe. But like, is Barton under contract? I don't know. He was a one-year deal. He was deal. a one-year yeah. guy, so. And yeah. Khalid Hudson is a free agent as well. Yeah. So I, Not I that he's a. True yeah. Mike. But, no, he's definitely know. not a Mike. Mayo, know. I think, is a free agent as well. You know, but I see, mean, see where Ron gets yeah. it up. Uh, that's where you'll find David Mayo. Um, <laughs> all due respect to David Mayo. Yeah. He's very good at the very few yeah. things that he does very well. Uh, was that nice enough? Uh, it was, it, I mean, gonna, it was nice. We're going to make it. Yeah. All right. I'm uh, excited. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about it, obviously. A lot of speculation until they start playing games, but through it all, uh, Chris Russell, 1-4 to four on the Team 980. Of course, our show, 4 till whenever there's a basketball game on any given day. Like 6.45 tonight. Like 6.45 tonight, which means what happens at 6.15? Dave Johnson. Hey, he really does listen I listen. listen. To the I he, listen. He listens. I he listen. It's funny. Uh, my wife sometimes will be like, why did you just turn into Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, why did you just turn into Jerry Seinfeld? I, I listen I to listen. the show. <laughs> uh, well, you, you've got the Jewish part down, and I've got the New York part down, right? Bingo, bingo. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, right? That is right, right? Yes, okay. that is correct. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure I remember that correctly. Uh, Shabbat shalom, everybody. <laughs> All right, when we get back, a uh, little bit more on Dan Quinn. Some more thoughts on the offensive side of the ball. And then uh, Dave does join us coming up at 615.